That was a wild meditation. I was way up high, moving around, and all of a sudden Pegasus comes flying up and stops and rubs against my face and startles the heck out of me and didn't even know what was really happening for a minute and just flew on off. And then I had this thought, now do I follow that or am I just supposed to keep going the way I was? And then I realized that's what happens. We're in meditation and we're focusing on God and focusing our way into uh, the higher realms beyond the physical. And here comes the world. And Pegasus is just part of the astral imaginational realm. And it came up from down below and rose up and came up and tried to tempt me and draw, draw me into itself. And uh, I could have followed after it. It was my thought, you know, oh my God, I could fly after Pegasus and see where it's going. And then I realized, but that's not where I was going. <laughs> what am I doing? And uh, so I continued my journey on from there, and then it, went, it was very nice. So it was a nice reminder to me and really to all of us to really stay focused and keep our intention on God because this meditation practice is very, very simple. And we have to keep it that way throughout the whole time that we're in meditation as best we can. It's very easy to get caught up in chasing after the imagination or emotion or mind. And the mind's ever asking questions. The emotions are always trying to push us around. And the imagination, just like with Pegasus, I mean, I have no idea why that came in. Because I don't think about, you know, Greek mythology or Pegasus or any of that. But there it was. And so you just have to be very careful to Keep your eye on God. Keep ever focused just on the Lord and just share your loving with God and open to receive God's loving. We have witnessed, Brian and I, we have witnessed the people that are truly doing the intention in their meditation of focusing on God and just opening into the simplicity of sharing your loving and receiving God's love. Lives are transforming. Things are changing. The problems do shift, transform, drop away. And it's just a matter of you allowing it to happen. Not trying to be in control. You know, most of us think that, you know, we have to be in charge. We have to be in control. We have to make the decisions. We have to do the work. And that's what the world tells us. And that's what a lot of the people in the world tell us. You got to do it. Well, guess what? You don't. Your part is to sit down and allow God to walk with you. Allow God to do with you. And I'll tell you, if you do your part, which is your meditation, God will do a lot with you to make your life simpler and easier. Jesus told that to his disciples. John the Baptist told that to his disciples. That this pathway is a pathway of grace and ease. And throughout all of time, the spiritual teachers of the sound and light have always said that, yes, you're going to walk in this planet, you're going to live the experience here because that's what the soul is here to do. But God will walk with you if you invite God in. Years ago, I gave a talk, it was back in the 70s, in which I said, you know, God will never impose God on you. 
God will come in if invited, but God never imposes God's self on you. God wants you to have your own experience. And if your own experience is to do it your way, to do it on your own, which a lot of people do, then that's great. But the moment you begin to invite God into your life, your life gets to be different. It will change. It will transform. Because God will come in and lift a lot of the things that you carry as a burden. God will come in and assist you in bringing close the lessons that you keep dragging around. Do you know how Jesus healed? Jesus didn't go around healing everybody that he passed. He didn't just reach out his hand and touch, 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 and everybody was healed. He healed those people, not just disciples even, but he healed those people who had completed their karmas in a certain area of their life. But they were just dragging the lesson around with them. They didn't complete it. They didn't let go. They didn't move on to what was next. They were just dragging the old around. And Jesus came in and said, it's done. It's done. It's finished. Let go of it. Be still. And let's get up and move on. Rise and walk. Stop sitting in this that you keep sitting in that is done. And that's the key here for all of us. If we want a healing, we've got to participate in the healing action. Jesus didn't just come up and say, You're, you can now see, open your eyes. Jesus made them do something. He put mud on their eyes and they said, now go to the baths of Bathsheba and um, take, and, or not Bathsheba, what was it? The Bethesda and wash your eyes. And then open them and you will see. He made them do something. He had them get up and get out of the situation that they'd been sitting in and go do something different to transform things. And that's what it's really telling us. It's not saying Spirit's going to come in and take the affliction away. It's saying Spirit's going to come in and assist you in moving past this into something new, into something better. So, we have to open to allow it. We have to allow spirit to come to us and bring us to that next place that we are to be. I hope that makes some sense because a lot of us sit and wait and wait and wait and wait. And guess what? God's sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. You know, I haven't gotten an invitation yet. You want to invite me in? Hello? Can I come in? No? Okay, well, whenever you want me to come in, I'll be glad to come in. But sometimes we sit there and we just meditate and we go, okay, now I need some money. Where am I going to get the money? I've got to get a job. Where's the job? I've got to get a wife. I've got to get a husband. You know, and we're just constantly focused into the world and into our problems. And God's going, oh, I've got a secret. I've got an answer. You, know, you want me to come in and, and share with you? And you're going, no, 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 not right now. I've got to figure this out. <laughs> and, you know, we may think we're in meditation, being vulnerable to spirit and allowing the spirit to come in to get the answer. But guess what? The spirit isn't there to give you the answer. The spirit is there to support you and you finding the answer and then you doing what it takes to get the result. 
If it was that simple that we could just sit and close our eyes and Spirit just give us the answer and it's done, life would be a lot different here, but we wouldn't learn any lessons because Spirit would be doing it all for us. And the soul is here in this physical body to learn through experience certain experiential lessons. And God's not going to take that away. Believe me, I know it firsthand, as I know all of you do, but I know it firsthand because I didn't want to go through chemotherapy and radiation. And I kept saying, no, no, I'm going to get a spiritual healing. Come on, God, do your work. Bring me the spiritual healing. And God kept coming in through different sources and saying, no, this is a physical ailment and it's going to be handled physically. That's the way this karma is. And I go, no, no, no. I mean, I was angry. I was mad. I would demand. And I'm sure God just got a big laugh out of my demanding and my pushing. And I drug it on for months, for months, before finally I gave up. And I said, all right, so what do I do? And then a door opened, and there was the direction to go physically into the world to go to the doctor, to get the chemotherapy, to do the radiation. And I had a nutritional doctor up in Dallas at the time who said, I'll work with you while you're doing all that. And that's the first time he had ever worked with a client who also was going to go do chemotherapy and radiation. He always said, if you go to a medical doctor, I won't work with you. And the medical doctor would say, if you go to a nutritionist, I won't work with you. But all of a sudden, the door opened, and within, I would say, 36 hours of me saying, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? All that opened up, and there was my answer. And I had to walk it. I had to go get the chemotherapy. I had to go get the radiation. I took 142 tablets a day that he gave me. It was not fun swallowing 142 tablets in a day. <laughs> but I did it, and I made it through it all. But I had to do my part, and God did God's part. And I saw the karmas lift. I saw the transformation take place inside. But I also had it take place on the outer. One of the experiences I had was I went in for chemotherapy treatment after on my third or fourth treatment. <clears throat> and my uh, chemotherapy doctor came in and he says, you know what, we're going to have to cut the dosage on you for some reason. I've never cut the dosage on anybody, but I've got to cut the dosage on you. And so we're going to cut it down to one-fourth the dose and see what happens. Because for some reason, we're getting some sort of a strange reaction in your body chemistry. Well, I have a feeling it was partly the supplements, and partly the movement of spirit. So he cut back on the dosage, and then everything was really moving well, which was very nice for me because it wasn't near the severity of, of the illness and all that chemotherapy can cause. So I got to witness, you know, I still had to do the chemotherapy. I had to still do the radiation, but I got to witness the grace come in and have a doctor say, well, I'm going to really cut the dosage back. I, I, I don't know what the results are going to be, and I, I hope it'll be good, but we can't do it the way we're doing it with you for some reason. So to me, that was God coming in and saying, 
okay, now that you're walking in the physical way to take care of a physical situation to bring the karma to an end, I'm going to walk with you and make it easier. Does that make sense? That's how it works. I wish it could be miraculous and everything just be taken away. And believe me, I've tried to do that. I've tried with friends when I was a kid, all the way through my life, trying to take people's problems away from them and save them and help them and make it good and take their pain away. And I've learned I can't do that. I would do it if I could, and God knows I would do it if I could. But God doesn't let me do it, and God doesn't want it that way because then I take your lessons away. I take your opportunity for you to learn and get complete in this world and go on into higher realms. And I realized that one time when I was a child. And a very good friend of mine, uh, his brother was quite a bit older than him, just like my brother was. And his brother and his wife were getting a divorce. And I decided that I was going to keep that from happening. I did not want them to get a divorce. I don't know why, but I was determined. And I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And finally I heard inside one day a voice say, okay, you're going to learn the hard way. And I did. <laughs> he said, I'm going to answer your prayer for you so you see what effect has of you praying for someone like this and you getting the answer and the solution is done. They're going to stay married. Well, they had already parted. The papers had been signed. They were moving towards going before the judge to divorce. And all of a sudden, just before the divorce was final, they got back together. And they stayed together. They're still together today. But they aren't happy. But they, they came back together because of the kids. And then when the kids grew up and left, they decided to stay together because it was just comfortable and they knew how to do it. And they didn't want to go out and try to find somebody else. So they were lazy. And they didn't choose to go on and, and do their own lives. And so I witnessed that where they could have gone and been happier or at least found answers and solutions to certain things, they stayed stuck in an old pattern. And I helped them to do it just through that prayer. And I remember when I was 25, 26 years old, I was in meditation and Spirit came in and said, Jim, look what you've done. Look what I've done. What do you think about this? What do you think's the result on this? And sure enough, when I looked at it and I went over and I talked to my friend, I realized that they were not happy. And that if I had stayed out of it and let them do what they needed to do to go on and complete their lesson together and move on into what was next, they probably would have been happier. But did I really learn the lesson? Because I kept on trying to help people. Now I've learned, step back, support their process the best you can in loving, but let them learn their lesson. And that's what I do here with you. 
I don't try to give answers and solutions to your daily problems anymore. I used to in all the counselings I used to do. And a lot of good work came out of it. Some of you have experienced that. But overall, the best thing I know to do is to go inside and just be with God and let the loving do the work. Your loving lift you up into those higher regions of spirit, of your own soul, and let God's loving come into your daily life. And in that movement of loving, solution, understanding, clarity, resolution will come, play, come, come present just very naturally. It will just unfold. And all you have to do is keep participating in that unfolding action. I hope that makes sense. It's really a simple, simple pathway when you walk it that way. When you push, when you struggle, when you demand, when you think you know better than God, you're going to have a more challenging time of it. The key in this meditation is to just rise up into the loving, lift up into the loving and worship the Lord just as it says in the Bible in the Old Testament, the New Testament, that if you want to worship the Lord, the Lord is a spirit. So go and be in spirit and there worship God. That's meditation. That's lift up out of this consciousness of the physical and into your own soul and worship God in the soul because God is your soul. You are God as soul. There's where you worship the Lord in the truest sense. And that's what meditation is about. It's about loving God. It's about worshiping God. Let the world go for a minute. And you might come back to the world when you're done and find out it's been moved. It's been changed. It's been transformed in some way. Somebody took a splinter out of your life. And no longer is that major irritation that was there. It's gone. It's resolved. And you don't know why. Other than the grace transformed it, it lifted it, it moved you away from it to a better place. So in your meditation, don't chase after Pegasus. Because it's going to take you off on a wonderful ride, I'm sure I would have gone for a lot of fun explorations, but it wouldn't have taken me where I wanted to go. My focus in meditation is always on God. It always has been ever since I was a child. And I'm sure for many of you, that's the case too. When you were small, God was first in your life. You prayed or you thought about God. You wondered why God was so much a part of your life and it wasn't a part of your friends' lives so much. Bring that back alive. You are a child of God and that child of God that you do back then is still in you and waiting to come alive inside of you if it hasn't already. Start living that innocence. Start living that loving. Start living that simplicity once again. Let go of the world. 
let go of the cares, let go of the day, and just be still. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. And in that stillness is where you're going to come into that place of divine knowing, of divine relationship, of loving, of caring, of peace, of joy. And isn't that what we all really want? Isn't that what calls you to come here today? Because you're looking for that really truly more than for solutions to whatever's out there bothering you in the world or bothering you inside. You're looking for some peace. You're looking for loving. So give yourself that opportunity every day, whatever it be. Yeah, we always say two and a half hours. That's what God asks. Tithe to 10% of the day. But look, tithe the way you want to. If it's five minutes, if it's an hour, if it's 30 minutes, whatever. Give time to God every day. God's waiting. And God is so, so patient. Oh, my God. It isn't just in this lifetime God's been waiting. God's been waiting maybe for a lot of lifetimes for you to finally start looking inward and upward and inviting God in. So do that. Give God a chance. Give God a chance to demonstrate to you the power of the Lord that dwells within you. And give yourself a chance to wake up into the power of the Lord that lives in you and is waiting to express and shine from you into your creations, into your daily life. I remember I used to go and sit in front of a I didn't want to go inside because I wasn't Catholic. But I would sit outside this Catholic church and it was, uh, it had been an old cafeteria for the elementary school and they turned it into the church. And it had all glass windows on the side. And I'd sit there and I'd look inside and I'd look around and I'd see the statues and I'd see the altar and, and, and I'd, you know, try to see where the presence of God, because I had heard that in the Catholic Church they had the presence of God in the church, which was in the form of the Eucharist. And I kept looking for the presence of God, and I would look and look, and, and I never really found what I was looking for there. But I knew that all I had to do was close my eyes. I knew this. All I had to do was close my eyes, and I'd find the presence of God inside. And so I thought somehow that which I knew and found inside, I was going to see in that church because it was supposed to be indwelled in there. But I never could see it. I could never find it. Until one day, I decided to go to Mass and see what they did for church service. And so we were all seated and standing and seated and, and so on in the, in the Mass. And as I was looking around, all of a sudden I realized, oh my God, God is now indwelled in this church because I could see the light of God shining, some very bright and some very dim, but I could see God present in the church because all the people that were there brought God into the church. God wasn't in the church when nobody was there. God was in the church 
when people were there that contained the power of God. That was such an illuminating moment for me. So don't go looking in the world to try to find God because it's everywhere you see a person. And it's right here inside you if you'll just give yourself a chance to wake up to that. 